Hi, this is Angel Ramirez, host of the Angel and Harmony Show, and this is Our Future is Missing, Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for 17-year-old Raymond Pierce, who is 5'11", weighing 160 pounds, with brown eyes and brown hair, and 18-year-old Jake Ziegler, who is white, 5 feet, 10 inches, 135 pounds, with blue eyes and brown hair. They are presumed possibly injured and missing from Denver, Colorado. They went missing on October 13, 2012. They are believed to be together. They may have traveled to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, in a green 2006 Pontiac G6 with North Carolina license plate number BDD8844. Raymond is biracial. He is white and Hispanic. Raymond's front tooth is chipped and he has a scar on his right hand, left leg, and arm. His ear is pierced. Raymond goes by the nickname Ray and Jake goes by the name of Ziggy. If you know of Raymond Pierce's or Jake Ziegler's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Raymond Pierce or Jake Ziegler, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage at Our Future is Missing or go to OurFutureIsMissing.com. Thank you. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Did you know purple songs can fly? Welcome to our program, produced by the Children in Treatment at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. Our program is about great music made by some terrific young talents. Now, here are the hosts of Purple Songs Can Fly. Thank you and welcome to the program, Purple Songs Can Fly, on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And today, we'll be talking with Dr. Scott Parazinski, astronaut, doctor, mountain climber, explorer. Well, well, welcome to the show. Great. Great to be here. Thank you guys for having me. And it's really, thank you. It's yeah. great to have you here. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And, and I know it's, with, with a resume like yours, it's difficult to start, but um, let's just kind of start at the beginning. Uh, where did you grow up? Uh, where where'd you, you start off? Where are you from? Well, as some of my friends would say, maybe I haven't grown up yet. But uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I, I really had uh, a, a lot of fun as a kid. I had very adventurous parents. And so they just encouraged me to try different things and, and to explore. Mm. And they were very uh, uh, much uh, into exploration themselves. We lived overseas when I was a kid. Lived in West Africa in the Middle wow. East. Wow. And I graduated from high school in Athens, Greece. So just uh, yeah, it opened my, my eyes and my world to the world of possibility. And um, my father actually was uh, an engineer on the Apollo program that first sent men to the moon in the, the late 60s and early 70s. Oh, so okay. I, I grew up around yeah. the space program and, and uh, just had uh, you know, aspirations to set that first bootprint down on Mars uh, when I grew up. It didn't quite work out that way, but uh, yeah, it did lead yeah. to my, uh, my career as an astronaut. So, so you would say that was a major inspiration for you? Absolutely. You know, I had model rockets and posters on the wall. And, <laughs> and you know, one of the, the neat people that I met very early on, um, you may have heard the name Werner von Braun, but he was a German rocket scientist and uh, that came over from Germany after World War II and helped um, build our 
our space program. And so one of his, uh, his deputies, uh, uh, my dad invited over for dinner one night. And I just remember as a young kid, the stories that he told and, and the, the unlimited possibilities of exploration. And that really um, got me thinking that maybe I could one day do, do the same sort of thing. Cool. That's awesome. So where was your favorite place to, to live? Since you have such a varied childhood, <laughs> West Africa, Middle East. Guy. Well, well, I think um, uh, travel is is a part of me, and and uh, I, I I couldn't pick out one particular spot that's my favorite. But uh, living in West Africa, the you know meeting people of, of so many different cultures, very different from me, mm-hmm. uh, learning to speak different languages, uh, you know, seeing things uh, through their eyes allowed me to. Um, you know, broaden my horizon. So I, I loved living in, in Africa and traveling through Africa, uh, living in the Middle East. Unfortunately, it's a place we can't really travel so easily now as Americans right? Uh, because of the unrest there. But And then also in, in Europe, it was really a lot of fun to, to see the seed of civilization in Athens, Greece, and, and in, in Italy, and, and so on. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm a world traveler, and uh, yeah, I've seen it on the ground level and also, uh, fortunately, now from space. I've actually never said this on the air before. I'm, I really, really wish I could travel where you've been. Oh, gosh, the experiences. Well, I, I hope you guys both get a chance. So when you get older, you know, there's some incredible opportunities. Companies like uh, Virgin Galactic that will be taking um, people up into low Earth well, actually, to suborbital space first, but then into low Earth mm-hmm. orbit. And so to see your home planet from space just changes everything. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So we, we did talk about you graduated high school in Athens. So how did you become Dr. Scott Perzinski? Yes. Well, another person that uh, really inspired me was my uh, grandfather. And it's kind of an unusual story, but I, mm-hmm. I never met him. He, he, he died before I was born, but oh. uh, um, he was uh, an ophthalmologist, an eye surgeon, and... Uh, my uh, my grandmother was a nurse in his office, and so just the uh, hearing stories of what he did, um, you know, helping people, uh, you know, get through difficult times, really um, inspired me to want to pursue a career in medicine. You know, to be able to help people in a very meaningful way. And so when I was in medical school, actually, I found a way. Actually, I'm sorry. When I was in, in college at Stanford, I, I saw a pathway where I could combine both of my loves of uh, you know space exploration and medicine, yes. they, there were uh, a number of space shuttle astronauts in the very first group who were physicians. And I mm-hmm. thought that I, I could be a physician astronaut and mm-hmm. uh, be able to do both, both of the things that I was most interested in. So, so during your education at Stanford and, and uh, through, throughout medical school, uh, were you always congruently with space exploration or did that come about later? No, I, I always had it in the back of my mind, but I, I knew that it was a very long shot sort of ambition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't, you can never put all of your eggs in one basket. You have to have, have uh, options. Um, but I, I tell young people, I tell old people too, that uh, if you, you really want something, it's, uh, it's not just having the dream, but having the, the uh, tenacity and uh, to make it, make it mm-hmm. come about. And, and the drive. The, the drive, exactly, mm-hmm. Emily, and, and also just being able to see. Uh, steps along the path to get you where you want to go. You, yeah. you can't, you can't go from uh, ground level to the summit of Mount Everest. You have to uh, take it one step at a time and yes. see in several intermediary steps mm-hmm. along the way. And so I was able to find a pathway that could get me where I wanted to go. 
What are some of the challenges you ran into um, <laughs> taking on such an ambitious goal? Well, you know, so I, I, I had uh, many, uh, you know, intermediary uh, goals, I guess, uh, and not all of them came true. But I wasn't, uh, I wasn't put off by um, or discouraged when the things that I wanted to do didn't all come true. Um, mm-hmm. One of the neat things about, you know, trying new things is that it, you get to meet new people. Uh, it opens up new doors and new opportunities. So I've done some really uh, exciting adventures along the way. Uh, I, uh, I ended up uh, getting a chance to go to the, uh, the Calgary Winter Olympic Games, uh, wow. which is kind of was, it's just another long story. But, uh, um, but <laughs> so when I got a chance to meet Jacques Cousteau, one of my boyhood heroes, just by just kind of uh, serendipity um, uh, just along my path. So. Oh my goodness! I, I wish I could meet Jacques, Jacques Cousteau as well. He was one of my heroes as a, yeah. as a child as well. Yeah. Uh, just as a quick aside, what was it like meeting him? Well, it was amazing. So um, I, I wrote him a letter before my very first space shuttle flight, and I told him, uh, Captain Cousteau, you were one of my uh, uh, role models growing up. You uh, encouraged me to uh, pursue my uh, ambition of becoming an explorer, and I'd love for you to come to my shuttle launch. And I thought, well, he probably gets you know, a dozen letters like this a day. Maybe not exactly the same, but right. that, uh, you know, there's no way he would come, but he did come. Oh, wow. And, uh, and the other really neat thing about it is that he uh, gave me one of his red beanie caps to take with me uh, oh, aboard wow. the shuttle. And it, and it was just incredible. So after the, after the flight, my crew and I went to, uh, um, to Paris for an event, and we, uh, I presented the beanie cap back to him. Uh, you know, it was flown in space. And... Uh, I thought he would keep it, of course, and, and at the end of the ceremony, after the cameras were all off, he, uh, he presented it back to me uh, and said, from one explorer to another, I'd like you to keep this, and so it's one of my most prized possessions. Oh, gosh. That's a, actually a beautiful story. It is. <laughs> Thanks. It is. So I would like to say we need to take a break right now. Mm. We're going to continue to talk with Dr. Scott about his uh, astronaut training when we come back. I'm Zach Tablin. And you're listening to Voice America Kids and Purple Songs Can Fly. This song is called Stars. It was written by Stephanie when she was nine years old.
listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. listening to purple songs can fly on the voice america kids channel to find out more about our program please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org now back to our show welcome back to purple songs can fly i'm zach tablin along with dr scott perezinski hello and you're listening to Voice America Kids. So I, I really want to continue our conversation uh, about one particularly kind of interesting aspect of uh, your life, which would be your astronaut training. Sure, um, sure. To, to many of our listeners and kids, adults worldwide um, know of the training at NASA, some of the best in the world mm-hmm. by far. And there's so many different things that are done to prepare astronauts 100% before they even see a space shuttle. What, what was your uh, training experience? Well, you're so right. The, the, the training is outstanding. And, and uh, it's very challenging as well because we don't have a zero gravity room. We can't go into some simulator, turn off the gravity, and practice all the things we're going to do up in space. So we have to kind of integrate it from several different places. And so... We have uh, we start with the very basics, so we have workbooks and classrooms just like you have uh, in your schools, but then some really fun things that happen after that. We have virtual reality simulations where we can put on headsets and um, be virtually in space and uh, interact uh, with robotic arms and, and actually crawl on the outside of space stations and practice our spacewalks. We also have... Uh, motion simulators that would simulate the launch of the shuttle so you'd actually tilt back in a, in a full mock-up of the, the cockpit of the shuttle and it would rock and roll just like on a real launch. Uh, we would get into centrifuges and feel the acceleration of the launch and landing to get prepared for that. And then my favorite place is what we call the Neutral Buoyancy Laboratory, which is a really fancy uh, name for a huge swimming pool. In fact, it's, oh, that, that is. Yeah, yes. it's the largest swimming pool in the world. It's uh, 40 feet deep. 100 feet wide and 200 feet in length, and we have a full mock-up of the International Space Station and the shuttle. And we could practice every detail of our spacewalk so that 
by the time we actually get the, out there on our first spacewalk, we feel like we've been there a hundred times before. And we aren't overwhelmed by just the, the enormity of, uh, of uh, what we're about to go do. I can only imagine how useful that would be, yeah. that kind of hands-on experience with a full-sized mock-up. How, how was that? Do you know how that idea even came about? Let's put a space station in a swimming pool. <laughs> well, actually, it started back in the Gemini era, and uh, some of the, uh, the very first spacewalkers uh, in the Gemini program um, concluded, in fact, Buzz Aldrin, who's the second man to walk on the moon, was one of the very first spacewalkers, uh-huh. and they were in the Turks and Caicos, and they went underneath the water in scuba first, and then they decided, well, well we can actually make our spacesuits like a scuba like suit, that. and we can practice all the, the details of our spacewalk there, mm-hmm. and uh, in later years, they ended up bringing it into you know, swimming pools, because it's much easier to uh, and more affordable than going to the Turks and Caicos for every uh, training session. Although I possibly kind of less wish, fun. Yeah, a little bit less fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other cool place that we train is in uh, um, aircraft. So we, we fly high performance aircraft, which is the same kind of uh, operational tempo as a, as a real space flight. So we call that space flight readiness training. It's the, the intensity of a, a real mission because the things you do, the decisions you make have real uh, consequence. If you don't. Uh, um, do your job well, you actually could have a real problem in the air. So, you, you know, we, we work on crew coordination, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then we also uh, um, train in parabolic aircraft. Uh, so we, we have about 30 seconds of, of weightlessness um, to experience, uh, to simulate whatever task we might want to do. And then there's a 2G pullout, so we feel two times our normal body weight for a few seconds. And that makes some people a little sick, and uh, so we call it the Vomit Comet. You may have heard that that name before. So so what is it like to kind of feel that weightlessness? It's so beautiful. It's kind of like being on a float on top of a pool, or if you've ever been snorkeling, just kind of gracefully floating there and letting the current take you. That's kind of what uh, it feels like in space. Um, yeah, we, we just push off with our fingertips and you, you fly like Buzz Lightyear wherever you want to go. Wow. And you can do wow. spins and flips along the way. Wow. I oh, can only imagine. Gosh. Well, Everyone becomes an Olympic gymnast up there. <laughs> <laughs> with, with such uh, amazing training, just these, these stories of these uh, apparatuses and, and kind of uh, locations are just awesome. <laughs> yes. uh, what was your absolutely favorite uh, thing to do during your training? Uh, well... I would have to say getting into the, the big swimming pool, the neutral buoyancy laboratory, I, I actually have more time in that training pool than any other astronaut, over a thousand suited hours. So wow. I, I, the spacesuit that we would get into, it, it kind of felt like my second skin. I could, I felt like I you know, didn't have any clothes on or just a swimsuit on, and uh, I could do anything that I, I could do um, barehanded, I could do in the suit. And that's how comfortable I got. With and just it. stay there. Yeah, and I just I just loved it. Um, the, the work was really exciting, and, and uh, um, it certainly prepared me extremely well. Because we, not all of my missions uh, went exactly per plan. We had some really challenging work to do out there, some things that um, we call them malfunctions, but problems up in, up in space that we had to uh, go off the script. And the training that I did there really prepared me for, for doing those things. And, Speaking of this incredibly effective training, uh, we have been talking about how amazingly fun and incredible it is, and it is that, but 
at the same time, I'm sure it must be incredibly challenging. The most elite of the elite of space explorers go through this training. Uh, what would you say is the most challenging uh, training exercise or tool that you experience? Well, so the, the amount of knowledge you need to have in your head at your, you know, at your, uh, your fingertips is really uh, very, very challenging. So the, sh the space shuttle is the most complex flying machine ever built by human beings, and, and uh, you're on 7 million pounds of, of rocket thrust to leave the surly bonds of Earth to get up into to orbit. And um, so you really need to be right on top of your game every time you get into the simulator because as one system would fail, it would have a cascading effect on other things that could happen on the spaceship. If you lost a computer, that might affect your, your shuttle engines, which might affect your life support systems. And so you needed to have all this information at your fingertips, and you needed to work through these emergency procedures without fail. So that was really exciting, but also very, very challenging. I mean, I know we talked about the, the relaxing nature of weightlessness and the, the excitement of space, but how did you manage your stress in an environment like that when, when, when one computer could shut off your life support? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, you, you manage uh, that kind of stress by just being very well prepared. And so we had wonderful instructors, uh, you know, brilliant engineers who uh, dedicated, uh, you know, their, their lives to, to training us. And we had great simulations. And uh, through all of that, we, we had the confidence of, of uh, knowing that we could handle pretty much anything that they would throw at us. By the time you launched, you'd gone through so many simulations, you were feeling really good about your training, and also you knew that the people that had prepared the space shuttle had done everything that they could to make it as perfect and as safe as possible. So that's how we managed it. Wow, I can't imagine. <laughs> and, and just right before we go, um, in a few words, is there anything that kids out there who might want to be an astronaut can do at home to kind of prepare themselves in any small way for uh, what they want to do in the future? Oh, that's a great question, Zach. And, and I would tell kids that um, the most important thing you can do to prepare for your future is just really be engaged. The things that you choose to do in your life, try and do it the very best you can. Don't, don't uh, just show up and put your heart into it. The things that you're interested in and the things that you really invest your time in, you're going to excel at. And uh, you know, when you start excelling at things, it's self-rewarding, but it also opens up doors for your future as well. That is incredibly true. Thank you so much. And yeah. welcome. thank you for that amazing advice and great stories. Uh, we are going to have to take a break now. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. And this song is called It Started With a Dream, and this is by the sibling trio of Merlin, Murai, and Jeremiah. There once was an astronaut named Heidi. She liked to fly in space. She liked to see Venus and Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and stars. To discover something new, to blast off and soar. She took her desire forward, studied and never gave up. She studied hard to achieve her goal. 
And now she's an inspiration to other souls. It started with a dream, a desire to explore, to discover something new, to blast off and Thank you for taking our music into space. Always know that you have in our hearts a special place. There once was an astronaut named Heidi. She liked to fly in space. She liked to see Venus and Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and stars. It started with a dream, a desire to explore, to discover something new, to blast off and soar. It started with a dream, a desire to explore, to discover something new. Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Looking for a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. Have we got a show that will keep you on the pulse of the fashion world? Our hosts are two teens who know fashion, and they have the inside look when it comes to fashion for our generation. Tune in to Fashion Forward on Voice America Kids. We'll discuss what's hot and what's not, the latest in fashion trends, things to look for on the horizon, and more. Fashion Forward is your weekly guide to what to wear today, tonight, this weekend, and this season. Tune in every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Fashion Forward on the Voice America Kids channel. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? 
Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are listening to Purple Songs Can Fly on the Voice America Kids channel. To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Taplin. I'm Emily Freeman. Along with Dr. Scott Perezinski. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Let's continue with our conversation about uh, your life as an astronaut and possibly the most uh, exciting kind of culmination one can have uh, your space shuttle missions and your whole experience yeah so what missions were you on yeah well, i i feel uh, you know so gifted to have had five space shuttle missions all of them oh very very gosh. different uh, they're all international i always had uh, uh crew members from around the world so russians canadians uh, europeans japanese um so that added a really neat flavor to it mm-hmm. but all doing very exciting important science for us here on Earth. So my first mission was to study the Earth's ozone layer, basically the Earth's sunglasses that protect us from ultraviolet radiation from the sun. If we if we didn't have that ozone layer, we would have lots more skin cancers and, and plants wouldn't grow properly, plankton in the oceans wouldn't uh, bloom, and so it would have a huge cascading effect on our, on our world. So uh, understanding how that's being changed over time. Uh, my second mission was to the Russian space station Mir, and I did a a spacewalk with a Russian cosmonaut, which is very exciting. It was the very wow. first uh, U.S.-Russian joint spacewalk, and uh, huh. my my uh, spacewalking partner, his name is uh, Volodya Titov, and he was the very first human being to spend a consecutive year off of the planet. So he's a very accomplished, uh, amazing guy. And then um, my third flight was with uh, uh, Senator John Glenn, who was the very first uh, American to orbit the Earth in 1962. And so he's one of my boyhood heroes. So it's kind of right. wild to get a chance to, yeah. to fly with the, your boyhood hero. It's like playing soccer with Pele or, or baseball <laughs> with Babe Ruth or something like that, you know, to get to do that. Um, and then uh, my last two missions were to the International Space Station that I helped build and, and repair. And I did a bunch of spacewalks up there as well, six more spacewalks. Wow. And see, uh, some of these missions were a little bit before my time, uh, <laughs> yeah. but... I, I remember very vividly. I think you just called me old, Zach. That's no, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, experience. <laughs> oh, very, there you go. That's, very that's, experience. That's I, uh, I do remember uh, a particularly exciting repair mission um, where you repaired a critically damaged uh, solar panel on the International Space Station. That was all over the news for yes. many days as you worked on it. Uh, what was that like? It, it was uh, my best day on the job ever. Uh, and it was, a, it was a great day for NASA as well. Um, and it wasn't something that I did alone by any measure. It was, uh, for, first off, it was a, a critical damage to solar panel. These things are about 100 feet in length, wow. and they generate all the critical power for the International Space Station. So we need that power. 
And um, as we had relocated this large solar array truss to the tip of the space station and installed it during a spacewalk, um, folks inside commanded these panels to unfurl, kind of like Venetian blinds that you have at home. But one of the cords in that Venetian blind uh, had become frayed, and it started to rip apart the solar panel. And this is a really dangerous situation because it was, it, we couldn't get it fully extended, so it was kind of like a limp noodle. And they were concerned that even if we were to undock the space shuttle, it might come apart and hit the space shuttle. You may have heard of the, the space shuttle Columbia tragedy that didn't make it home because of damage to the, uh, the shuttle. They were concerned that uh, that sort of uh, thing could happen to our space shuttle if we didn't repair this panel. So it was either a condition where we would go out and throw away a billion dollar solar panel or figure out a way to go fix it. And true to NASA form, people worked 72 hours around the clock to find a way to get a spacewalker, and it turned out to be me, to get out there at the very tip of the space station and do this really wild spacewalk to uh, uh, repair a live solar panel. And uh, this was quite dangerous because it was further away than we'd ever gone from our, our airlock. And secondly, these panels have 100 volts of energy coursing through the circuit boards there. So even the, the wrist uh, metal uh, parts of my spacesuit had to be insulated with special tapes so that I didn't get electrocuted. Um, so a lot of detail went into the preparation for the spacewalk, but we, we were very careful and we were able to get rid of this, uh, this frayed guide wire that had ripped it apart and we put in these uh, repairs that allowed us to then fully extend the solar panel and those repairs are still up there. And we have uh, um, six people living aboard the International Space Station uh, 365 days a year doing important science for all of us wow. here on Earth and uh, you know, that, that energy that we were able to provide is uh, you know, making it all possible. So very proud of uh, what the NASA team was able to come up with for that. That's incredible. And, and That's you are awesome. seriously a hero for saving yeah. that. Uh, that I, know, I, I was part section. of a, a great team that made it all happen, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And just for anyone uh, tuning in now, uh, you're listening to the Voice America Kids Network and Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And our topic today is, is the amazing life of Dr. Scott Parazinski. Uh, so how were you selected as the, the guy to go repair the live solar panel <laughs> well, I, I was I was uh, uh, the lead spacewalker, so I, I was by default the guy to go do it. But it was very fortunate that I was the guy because uh, I'm pretty tall. I'm about six three when I don't slouch, and uh, so I needed to use every bit of my my height to reach out. It's the very tip of the space station. I was perched on the end of a ninety foot long robotic boom, uh, and uh, it's kind of like a big springboard, actually very mushy. So I had to be very careful not to move too aggressively, or I could hit the solar panel, which would be bad. Um, and, uh, but it was, it was also at the very limit of my reach uh, to, to do this repair. So that's how it all ended up happening. So was there ever a point during that repair where you were like, oh my gosh, th th this is incredibly dangerous? Did you ever, if, if, if I was you, if I was you, I, I would have freaked out. I would have, I mean, what am I, doing here? And see, I know you've had a lot of more training than I have. And you say you're the most time ever spent in the neutral buoyancy lab uh, of any astronaut. And I'm the lead spacewalker. I'm sure you felt totally prepared, but did, well, did you ever have that, that time? I, well, I did have a time when uh, I, I thought that this might not be doable. <clears throat> we had, uh, uh, gotten into position and it really wasn't within my reach and uh, 
And I thought, well, I really need to have Dan Tani and Stephanie Wilson, the two people driving me on the robotic arm, kind of reposition me. But they said, well, that's probably going to take us about, we're going to have to pull you away and then bring you around a different angle, take about 10 or 15 minutes. And uh, we were already four hours and 15 minutes into the spacewalk. And uh, mission control voiced up, hey, we're going to need to wrap this up in uh, a few minutes. Uh, And so I realized that I better figure out something right now. (laughs) <laughs> or we're not going to be able to do this. And right. so what I did in that moment is I ended up using one of my other tools, uh, called it a loop pin puller tool, tool, but basically a hook to pull the, the panel a little bit closer to me while also having another tool uh, to keep the, the solar panel at a safe distance from me. So it was I was kind of holding it at a safe distance so that I could install these uh, repairs. So I was using three tools with just two hands, mm-hmm. Uh, something that you know we just kind of invented on the fly, and uh, you know once I figured out the technique to do it, we were able to get it done. But there was a moment when I thought uh, this is not going to happen today. So in that split second, you just came up with an entirely new technique for doing yeah. something that's never been done before, and that is incredible. That yeah, well, is you know, incredible. The, uh, time uh, you know you know is the uh, the mother of invention, I guess. Uh, you know, just had to had the time crunch, and we we had to get the job done. So. Do it. Just get it done. Yes. Yep. Sadly, <laughs> we have to take a break. Yes. I mean, it's so it's so incredible interviewing Just listen you. Listen to him all day. But we will be back. <laughs> I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Uh, this song is called Alien Doctors by Mark, uh, Cheyenne, and Hunter. you got here we're just glad you showed up you're listening to voice america kids 
take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Just because you're a kid doesn't mean you don't have an important voice to be heard. You are our future, and you need a forum to be heard. Tune in to American Pulse on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll talk to the student leaders of America and find out what they're doing to make a difference today. You'll be inspired to start working now for a brighter future later. American Pulse is heard live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. It's time to lead by example kids safe mother approved you're listening to voice america kids you're listening to purple songs can fly on the voice america kids channel To find out more about our program, please visit the website at purplesongscanfly.org. Now, back to our show. Welcome back to Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Taplin. Along with the amazing Dr. Scott Parazinski, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. Uh, So I just kind of want to briefly touch on uh, your mission on Mir uh, with the Russian cosmonaut uh, Volodya uh, Titov, um, and kind of your experience with that. What was that like? How is Mir different than the ISS? And so well, it's it's really kind of neat to uh, that the world has changed so much that a former Cold War adversary, like the Soviet Union and the Russians were, became very close partners, and we could learn to work together and, and share in uh, the rewards of space together. So it was really uh, fun for me to to work with him, to learn to speak Russian. He learned to speak. English, of course, too, and mm-hmm. and uh, so it was it was really a, a fun partnership, and uh, to get a chance to go to the their space station, which um, was very different uh, than our Skylab space station in the past, and certainly very different than our international space station. But uh, it was it was tinier and more cramped, um, but it was really remarkable that they were able to, able to keep it up in space for 15 years when it was only designed for maybe eight to 10 years. Mm-hmm. They're very resourceful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> So that, 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 that joint spacewalk uh, and that kind of amazing experience just going up, has that transferred over to, do you, are, you, are you still in contact? Absolutely, yeah. It's a small uh, fraternity or sorority of, um, of space flyers. In fact, there's an organization called uh, the Association of Space Explorers that's going to have its um, uh, annual uh, meeting here in uh, just a few months. Um, and we also, uh, the, the American astronauts get together for a reunion every two years. And that meeting is uh, this upcoming week. Oh, so wow. it's, it's a neat way for all of us to stay together. And, uh, you know, it's uh, neat to fun. see, see uh, the old Apollo and Gemini astronauts that typically uh, come to these events as well. So. Kind of like a reunion. It is, yeah. That's cool. That's wonderful. Yes. I'm, I'm so glad that exists. That's, yeah, that's, me too. 
that must be really inspiring for newer astronauts coming up to get to meet heroes like right. yourself, the, the Apollo and Gemini astronauts, and really see kind of how they fit. Probably not me growth. so much, but certainly the Apollo and Gemini. It's really yeah. neat to meet those guys. And yeah, <laughs> you're very, very humble. You're very, very humble. I don't know, but uh, but it is, it's a lot of the guys are are still doing extremely well. We we have a lot of the Apollo moonwalkers uh, come every every time, and mm. and uh, to be in their presence and to hear Jim Lovell tell his stories is oh. just amazing. Mm. Gosh, I can only imagine. Paul 13. I, I can't. <laughs> so just to come out of space and back to Earth for a little bit. Okay. Um, so what is your connection to Purple Songs Can Fly? I, I, I kind of know, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, you know as well as anybody, Zach. <laughs> just, for yeah. <laughs> just for our listeners. Well, actually, I, I've been uh, so fortunate to have a, a lengthy relationship with Purple Songs Can Fly. Mm -hmm. uh, Anita uh, invited me to... Uh, um, learn more about your your wonderful organization and the things you guys do here at Texas Children's Hospital. You know, I've seen it firsthand uh, in you and and some of your 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 fellow uh, Purple Songs Can Flyers. Uh, but um, just the power of music to heal and uh, and to get our mind away from to a to a, uh, a beautiful place. And so. Uh, it's it's very inspirational for me to be around you and to be in this environment with you here today and, and to see what it continues to do for young people. But uh, I uh, had the great fortune to take uh, a CD of your music up yes. uh, with me on one of my spatial missions. And uh, and then I also took uh, uh, a banner as well as some of your music to the top of the world, Mount Everest, uh, back in 2009. So it's, uh, you know, I'm I, uh, I carry the Purple Songs Can Fly banner with me uh, whenever I, I possibly can. Uh, and, uh, and 2009 was the year I was diagnosed with cancer. So. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, onward and upward. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it, that's kind of the key of what you do is you, you, you take uh, people's songs and ideas where they cannot go as an inspiration to those moving forward. And so uh, we, I'm sure we'd love to you know, thank you for doing so. Thank you. Well, thank you for allowing me that privilege. And, you know, I, quite honestly, I'd love to interview you two and, uh, you know, hear about your stories and, and how, you know, Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm sure you talk about it on your, on your show, but um, just so other kids can understand, uh, you know, what music and, um, and art can do for, yeah. for you. One thing that it was able to do for me was uh, I, I had the great, great honor of writing a song for Dr. Scott. <laughs> My favorite uh, song. Yeah, it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful song. When I was 13, <laughs> and uh, it's called Fly About the Sky, and you guys are going to hear it during the uh, upcoming break, uh, but it was one of my absolutely favorite songs to write, mm -hmm. and I got to give it to you at a ceremony. I still have pictures up in my room. Uh, I, uh, awesome. I had an amazing time, and it was really moving to be able to write something for... Uh, in that way for someone that I admired so much. Such an amazing person. And so just oh, a personal thank aside, you. thank you. I appreciate that yeah, I was able to get that to do that for you, so thank you. Well, thank you. No, I, I remember coming here uh, to Texas Children's for that ceremony, and, and uh, it was uh, um, actually uh, tears welled my eye, and I remember it's one of the most uh, poignant, uh, powerful experiences I've ever had. You know, when you sang that, and uh, uh, so very, very honored and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that other young people um, can continue to do this um, yes. as they, they yes. heal. And, and I would also like to say at this event, there were also several other children from the hospital that I'm sure remember the time they got to meet the astronaut who signed each and every, you know, 
photo and talk to them for a long, long time. It was amazing to see with the kids and well, thanks, it was, thanks. I'm sure it really made an it. impact on them and helped them through a really difficult time. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So if you had kind of a final parting word, I know we've talked a little bit about advice to kids, um, if they want to like kind of get in the mindset of the astronaut and advice to kids on what, on what they can do um, educationally. Is there anything else you would like to say to children sure. listening here now who may or may not be interested in being you know, an astronaut or a doctor? Just what what right. to do? An inspiration. Yeah. Well, certainly. So not everyone wants to become an astronaut, and uh, but every every kid has um, has dreams, and I, I encourage everyone, uh, young and old, to have big dreams, uh, but as we talked about earlier, have, have the courage to make them come true. It's, it's anything of, of great significance in life, think something that's going to mean something to you. It's not going to be something that's given to you. It's going to be something that you work for, you really fought for. And so the things that mean the most to me in life are the things that I really struggled for, uh, fought for because I really wanted them. And so to, to have those, those lofty goals, um, and then uh, just to chip away at uh, achieving them and, um, you know, wonderful things can happen. The people that you'll meet along the way, the opportunities that uh, avail themselves, the, the doors that open for you will just blow you away. You can't, you can't uh, anticipate what they'll be yet, but uh, I, I can assure you uh, your future will be, will be golden if you do that. I think that's just absolutely amazing advice. Yes. And I, it, it will help many children listening here now. So Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been listening to Purple Songs Can Fly. I'm Zach Tavlin. I'm Emily Freeman. And you're listening to Voice America Kids. Thank you again, Dr. Scott, yeah. for uh, coming here today and here. speaking with us. Yeah. And Great to be with you guys. It Thanks. was incredible to just hear you speak. Yes. And thank you again. Nice chat. Appreciate it. And so our final song today is actually by me. It's called Fly Above the Sky. And I wrote it when I was 13 years old. What is it like to be a doctor and help the human race? What is it like to be an astronaut and walk around in space? What is it like to dive in the deep, explore the exotic sea? I want to know because these are my dreams. To soar like an eagle, to swim with a fish. country proud when you fly above the sky could you make a wish for me and children all around the world to follow their dreams some may call you a doctor an astronaut or pilot but i call you a hero if they build it, you can fly it. When you study about disease, my sufferings put at ease. When you dive into the deepest sea, my imagination is set free. All that you've done and all you hope to do, you've carried me.
country brown When you fly above the sky Would you make a wish for me And children all around the world To follow their dreams When I read all about you And all that you do my feet are on the mountaintop, my eyes see the heavens, and the creatures of the sea. When you fly above the sky, when you're high above the clouds, floating weightless with no worry, you have made your country proud. When you fly above the sky, would you make a wish for me, and children all around the world? Follow our dreams. Thank you so much for taking Purple Songs in the Space with you. We really appreciate it. That's our dream sword. Thanks for listening to Purple Songs Can Fly. We'll see you again next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. And remember, for more information about the Purple Songs Can Fly project, visit www.purplesongscanfly.org. We'll be back with more music next week. Join Kid Chef Eliana for Cool Kids Cook. Eliana is one of the youngest published cookbook authors and will show you that there are all kinds of goodness in food beyond the chicken nuggets and fries. On our show, we'll discover cuisine from around the world, learn some great cooking techniques, speak with some of the world's top chefs, and share recipes. Kid Chef Eliana is here for you on Cool Kids Cook every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Bon Appetit! Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? 
Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. <laughs> 